Hey there, you're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. And it is a fine place to hang out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. You know what today is, don't you, Gina? I do, and it's kind of an exciting milestone for us. It's a terribly exciting milestone for us. Yes, exactly one year ago today, our episode zero, Welcome to the Rink, dropped into the podcast airwaves. I mean, wow, what a ride it's been. We're so glad that so many of you have joined us on our Rink Walk and Talks this past year. I don't think any of us knew what the year would bring and how it would unfold, And I for sure know that Gina and I never expected to launch a homeschool podcast at the beginning of a pandemic, but we did, and here we are today. So to celebrate, we are hosting a giveaway. Just comment on Facebook, Instagram, or our website under the graphic for this episode, and you'll be entered into a drawing. Grand prize is going to be the Only Schoolers Planner, which is found on our Etsy website, and a compilation PDF of all of our poetry tea times that are currently available. And our first runner-up receives a choice of the planner or the tea time PDFs compilation, and second runner-up receives a choice of a single poetry tea time PDF. So look for our Only Schoolers handle on Facebook and Instagram and our website at onlyschoolers.com. When you see the graphic for this show, drop us a comment and you're already entered. It's one entry per person, so choose your favorite platform. Giveaway entries will be closed on Wednesday, March 31st, and we will announce the winners on April 1st, but it will not be an April Fool's joke. No, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see who our lucky winners will be. For a look at the products we're giving away, head on over to our Etsy shop. And if you don't win, don't worry. You can still get your hands on the Tea Time PDFs and the planner. Just look for the only schoolers on Etsy and add them to your shopping cart. We have had such, such fun building this community over the last year. I know our talks have given me the opportunity to really evaluate how my homeschool operates, and that's always a good thing. And thank you so much for continuing to tune in, for sharing the podcast with your friends. You can always tag us on social media or pass the word along in your homeschool groups. We are on all the major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and a whole bunch more. And if you just like a good old-fashioned email, we do too. So drop us a line at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So Kristen, are you ready to raise a mug of what what kind of tea and toast to another year of the podcast? (laughs) I am. I've got my Earl Grey right here, so you bet. Cheers. Knowing that all our listeners out there are listening and just encouraging us, I just find that so encouraging. You guys help us get stronger, and you help us to really dive deep into what it means to be home educators. And that's what we want to talk about today. We were talking about D words last last time with disappointment and doubt, and now as we head to the E of our alphabetical journey, we are talking about empowerment and encouragement. So let's get started. Kristen, empowerment. Any thoughts? Oh yeah, so many thoughts about both of the words, actually. Because when you break it down, and I know we say this all the time, but these words really are at the heart of homeschooling. Lifelong learners, those kids who own their education, you know where that starts, right? It starts with empowerment and encouragement. So if we're going to start with empowerment, I kind of see it in two ways. First, what empowers me as a homeschooling parent? And then what can I do to offer that same empowerment to my kid? Ooh, Both of those are good questions. So empowerment to me means having the authority, the autonomy, if you will, if we're going to throw back to our first episode this season, 
it's that authority to do something. So in this case, it's the authority to home educate. The state acknowledges this authority and baby, you know, I'm running with it. So in that process, I've become stronger and more confident. I'm empowered. I've got the means. I've got the ability to make decisions for our little homeschool, the opportunity to think outside the educational box. But there's also just sort of these little things that I do to empower myself. Maybe that's joining a book club or maybe it's taking a class or even just setting aside some time to get a manicure. I get to make the decisions that contribute to whatever goal I have in mind. That could be learning more about Jane Austen or it could just be carving out some time to relax. The goal, I think, doesn't matter as much as the feeling that I have that right to make those decisions for myself. The decisions that make me a stronger person, a more confident home educator. And like I've said before, all of that's just going to make me a better learning partner for September. That's kind of my general owner overview. But Gina, I know that our listeners want some specifics. So what would you add to that definition? And I guess most importantly, what do you think was your most empowering homeschool moment? Um, beginning with nuts and bolts, when I think of empowerment, I think about creating situations where people are made stronger or more confident to do the things that they want to do or increase their control over their own lives and situations. When it comes to homeschool, we talk about ownership of education. But how about for us as homeschool parents? It's kind of hard to imagine more educational empowerment than claiming your very own school system and owning your own school system. We are empowered to set educational goals. We set the schedules. We set the rules of engagement, the lunch menu, and a lot of other things as well. Oh, yeah. So in the process of setting all of those things up for your very own school system, what do you think was your most empowering moment or, you know, a series of moments? I think maybe the first time I went to the library and checked out this whole big giant stack of books about homeschooling and what it was and how to do it. You know, at that moment, I felt as if we were really going to embark on an adventure, an educational adventure, and as if we could actually do this. Another moment I think that I felt a a sense of empowerment was when we first got involved in our local homeschool co-op. Enrolling in those first co-op classes were my first connection with our larger homeschool community here in the area. And getting to know those other homeschool parents, it made me feel like less of an oddball. It was empowering to see that there were other parents doing this and that their kids were, you know, nice, normal human human beings. It was <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, what a bunch of normal people out there. Um, I remember I was assigned to help in the nursery with a bunch of little people and we were all playing with Play-Doh and I got to know Janet and her son Nate is a year younger than Wyatt and Nate is the youngest of Janet's five kids. And as she talked about homeschooling her kids, she talked about the fact that she'd always taken homeschooling one year at a time. And hearing that was just very, very helpful, especially since her oldest daughter at the time was just, I guess, entering high school about then. It was empowering to know that I didn't have to have the answer to every possible question, the solution to every possible problem right from the beginning, you know, when my kid was five. How about you? Yeah, that would be a relief, I think. It's like, I have to have it all figured out right now, the next 13 years. Go. For me, though, I'd say that probably my first most empowering moment came when I dropped off the letter with which withdrew September from our public school. Because that was me saying, this is not the best education for my child. And I have it the right to try it my way, the way I know she needs it to be. 
And yeah, it was definitely a bit scary, but I also walked out of that school feeling stronger. Like I'd really taken hold of this next chapter of our lives. It's like Eleanor Roosevelt said, do the thing you think you cannot do. Because I didn't know for sure I could homeschool. I mean, I knew I could because obviously it's legal to homeschool in the state of Missouri, just like it is in all 50 states. But I didn't know if I could, if that makes sense. I think empowerment is so much more than just, yeah, you have the right to do this or that. There's just a lot of little steps that go into feeling empowered. So after my first empowering moment there, there was just this series of smaller ones that really gave me confidence in this new venture. Because first, there was my friend who happened to be the school secretary, actually. She gave me the contact info for an old friend of hers who also homeschooled. Empowering. Then that neighbor of hers, this complete stranger, I didn't know her, she invited me into her house. She showed me her record-keeping system. She explained some different curriculum. She just literally shared her life with me for over an hour. So empowering. You know, I'm a quilter, and I like the hand piece. And some people will ask sometimes, you know, doesn't it take forever to stitch all those tiny little pieces together? And yes, it is a slower way of accomplishing this task, but it does not take forever. And in fact, I'm always a little bit surprised and astonished how bit by bit the pieces go together. And then all of a sudden I have a whole pile of blocks that are stitched together. And a little while later, there's a whole quilt top flimsy, inch by inch, piece by piece. And homeschooling is exactly that same way. Yes, I, that's, that's a great analogy because it is. Taking one small step after another just made me feel capable of this huge task that I'd taken on. And it really is empowering to know that. And I knew that I wanted to give my kid that same experience of empowerment, of feeling capable of doing something. And I know you want that for Wyatt too. So do you think he feels empowered to not only own his education, but his decisions too? I mean, he's getting ready to really step into adulthood soon. So how do you think you've empowered him? Or, or I guess better, how do you think you've helped him empower himself? Um, I don't know if we're always saying it aloud, but one of the underlying themes of our parenting style is showing Wyatt, you can do this. We've always encouraged him to talk to people. When he was little, we'd say, you know, go ask Uncle Mel if he'll show you how to do, you know, whatever it was. Or from the time he was four or five, when we were out antique shopping, if he wanted to see something in a cabinet, we'd send him up to the front desk to ask the sales attendant to bring the key to open up the lock on the door. Now, of course, we'd watch him. But, you know, if he wanted to buy something, he had to want it enough to take care of the purchase himself. So we helped him. He had to figure out how much money it cost, and he took his money up to the counter, and he negotiated the purchase himself. I mean, we'd tell him, be sure to ask if they have any discounts. From that experience, he learned how to haggle, and we'd practice a little bit at home. Let me tell you, that kid learned early on that asking for discounts was the way to save money, and he got some sweetheart deals because, frankly, they just couldn't say no to this little you know, blue-eyed, blonde, seven-year-old saying, you know, could you do a 20% discount on this trade car? <laughs> so, <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> but, but basically, all of those things, we wanted him to understand that he didn't have to wait around for us to do things for him, that he could do things for himself. If you want to see in that cabinet, go ask the sales clerk if, if you can get the key to open that cabinet up. Now, as a result, 
He pushed chairs around the kitchen. He got glasses out of the cabinet. He poured a glass of tea. He grabbed cookies out of the cookie jar. He did things on his own. And I think it's important not to send mixed messages here. If we want to empower him to do things, then it's not fair to scolding him for doing those things. We wanted him to know that he could do for himself. And I think it's simple stuff like that that we did back then that have helped to empower him even today. What about you? Okay, well, this is going to be a little bit roundabout, but bear with me here. So right now, September and I are working through season one of the Gilmore Girls. In one of the early episodes, Rory, the daughter, she's at the country club with her grandfather. She doesn't really know him that well in the early season, but they're talking and they're sharing. They're getting to know each other. So some of his friends stop by their table and Richard, the grandfather, he introduces her. He, you know, he says some stuff about her. This is my granddaughter, blah, blah, blah. And he ends by saying, and she wants to visit Fez. And the guys are like, what's Fez? (laughs) You know, what's there? And Richard just leans forward and very quietly says, that's what she's going to find out. That just struck me as, wow, how incredibly empowering for a kid. You know, first, to have an adult really listen to you, not just, you know, listen to you ramble, but really listen to what your thoughts and hopes and dreams are. And then second, to have that adult have faith in you, to just believe that whatever's out there for you, you will find it. That's what you're going to find out. I just, I just love that, that, that scene. And that's who I want to be for September, because not too long ago, we kind of had this conversation about how she might want to pursue art, some sort of art as a career. Now, do I know anything about art school? No. Does she? Not really. Nope. But that's okay. We're going to figure it out. That's where all your research skills as a librarian and a historian, they'll come in really handy, right? Oh, for sure. And I love that our lifestyle, our homeschool, our relationship, it's all been a place of empowerment for her. Like you guys with Wyatt, I just always wanted her to learn that she could do things on her own, that she is incredibly capable. So in doing that and having this this life that we lead, she's had time to discover herself. She's discovered her strengths. And this is kind of where it's led her. She's just drawn to this artistic way of expressing herself. And much like I'm drawn to words to express myself. So she's got this idea. Neither one of us know much about it, but she's ready to pursue it or at least think about it more. I personally think she'd be fantastic at it. I mean, she already has this sort of sense of color and design and form. So it's just gone from sort of doodling to, you know, online classes to learning. She knows stuff about art that I couldn't even begin to talk about. But she's been empowered to search out this, to search out her life. And that's exactly what I always hoped would happen. So now that she's all empowered, my job is to encourage her along the way which, incidentally, happens to be our next theme today. Yes, encouragement. So so where does it come from? I mean, for me, while I can do all the positive self-talk in the world, I would be such a liar if I didn't admit that the occasional girl goes a long, long way for me. You know, in the world of sticks and carrots, I'm a carrot girl all the way. Tell me I did a great job and I'm eager to do more. But if you whack me with a figurative stick, I really just dig in my heels. And I guess some of those carrot moments, my biggest encouragements really do come from maybe the kids I've taught along the way, my own kid, but also I'm talking about my former students, uh, kids that I worked with when I was at the college, the kids that I teach at co-op and Wyatt as well. You know, 
A while back, one of my former uh, college students messaged me on Facebook because he was heading back to school for a second degree and he needed this writing class. And he, he was somebody who always really struggled with writing. And it was incredibly encouraging to me that he trusted me enough to come back to me for help after 20 plus years. So, you know, I gave him a pep talk, told him that he was a wonderful sports writer, which that was the God's honest truth, and he would be terrific. But then I was really super stoked when he told me he ended up with a 90-something and an A in the class that he was taking. Oh, well, that's great. Definitely the kind of moment all teachers dream of. Definitely an add a girl for you. Oh, yeah. And I, I also love my co-op kids. I mean, for the most part, they come to class yeah, interested enough to and ready to discuss Shakespeare or Homer or Jane Austen or whomever. And I've gotten several thank you notes after classes are over. And hearing that I've helped them fall a little bit more in love with reading in the classics, that is also hugely gratifying and encouraging. And on the homeschool front, you know, in the last episode uh, with Disappointment, I talked about the craft activities that pretty much began with Wyatt saying, I'm ready to be done now, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but there have been other things that we've done that have been do it again, do it again, like, you know, water rockets or air cannons or making Play-Doh. Finding those Hank the Cowdog books, having Wyatt read through them like, you know, he's reading books like potato chips. Those moments, they're really extremely encouraging. And a brief shout out, if you do have young readers looking for chapter books, I absolutely cannot recommend the Hank the Cowdog series enough. Those books are funny. They're charming. There are audiobook versions of them that are absolutely spectacular. They're done like old time radio shows. They're, they're really great. So what about you? Where does encouragement come from for you? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, okay. How's this? I find the most encouragement from my daughter. I think sometimes we have this sort of which came first chicken or the egg thing going on because like I'll encourage her and then in turn she encourages me or is it the other way around? Does she encourage me and then I encourage her? It's just kind of this circular never ending thing that we've got going on. But I can see that by living and working and learning the way that we do here, she's becoming this fantastic person who thinks for herself. And that's encouraging to me. And I hear other people admire her fortitude, and that's encouraging to both of us. And it's just, well, like I said, it's this chicken and the egg thing that we've got going. So it's probably <laughs> also the answer. Yeah, bok, bok. <laughs> it's probably also the answer to my most encouraging homeschool moment, too. Because there was this one time, probably about five years ago, and so we're doing the bedtime routine thing, you know, and she just randomly says, I like the way you're raising me. You give me lots of time for thinking and you let me explore and you don't care about mud. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but I do have it on good authority that the not caring about mud, that only extends to wonderful little girls and not to furniture delivery men. Am I right? Oh my gosh, yes. If you are a furniture delivery person with muddy shoes, you have got to put on those little booties, please. But seriously, though, is it not incredibly encouraging to hear that as a homeschooling parent? Because she just got pulled along on this adventure. You know, we're always talking about how it's a radical lifestyle. Well, I chose it for her. And she likes it. She likes the choices that I make, that I made, the ones that I allow her to make. And she just likes that this lifestyle allows us to make these sorts of choices. So, yeah, she's just this huge source of encouragement. I also find encouragement from books, um, not necessarily books about homeschooling, although they do have their place. 
I just like books that really explore what it is to be human, what it is to live in this world. I can be having a really hard day, but then when I sink into a book and I just find some gem of a quote to hold on to, that really gives me hope. And I have to say that I also find encouragement from the work that we're doing right now here on the podcast, not only from the listeners and all of you guys out there are so incredibly encouraging. We just love knowing that you're listening to us and that we're helping you, but also from thinking about the topics because I'm sifting through my memories and my experiences for examples. And it's such a feeling of encouragement, especially when maybe it's been a hard day or a hard week or month or what have you. Because I can see there, over the long span of time, the successes have far outweighed the failures. And it's just really encouraging to be reminded of that. So sometimes just take a second and think back. There are so many little ways to find encouragement every day. You just got to look for them. Okay, so indulge me for a minute here. You know, an Avengers reference is coming. So in the Infinity War, Thanos has taken over Thor's ship on his way to Earth, get the Infinity Stones, yada, yada. So Loki approaches him and he says something like, hey, if you're going to Earth, I have some experience there. And Thanos says, if you consider failure experience, and Loki just snaps back with, I consider experience experience. So even the failures there become kind of a source of encouragement, although I guess that really didn't ultimately turn out all that well for Loki, but... (laughs) Well, no, not... Well, not in that timeline, at least. (laughs) We'll have to see, won't we? But yes, I do think that failure can encourage us. Like Loki says, experience is experience. Take the lessons, the good, the bad, learn from them. Let them be a source of encouragement for you and then move on. So... I guess the next question we have to think of is how do we translate that into encouragement for our kids? How do you do that? What do you think? Well, taking a page from Loki, in sports, there's a line that goes, if you want to be the best, you've got to play the best, which means if you want to be the best at something, you need some tough competition to push against. I mean, in sports, it doesn't really mean diddly squat if you won first place or got a gold medal if you did it by competing against people who are at a much lower level than you are, or you're in a category that nobody enters. If you want to be the best, you have to play with the best, and you can't let that fear of losing or coming in last or whatever stop you from trying, because going up against real competition means you might not win. It means that they might just eat your lunch. And it also means, though, that if you do win, there's a lot of value in that. You know, like Loki said with the I consider experience, experience. So if Wyatt doesn't win this time with experience, maybe he'll learn something. He'll get stronger and maybe do better next time. But in short, it's a don't let fear of failure hold you back because if you don't give it a shot, give yourself a shot, well, then you really have already lost. And, you know, that philosophy translates to plenty of non-sport situations, too. Okay, did you ever listen to Casey Kasem on American Top 40 when you were a kid? Yeah, I used to listen to that. Okay, Casey Kasem, he always signs off by keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. That's really just another way of saying stay grounded and do the work and practice and study and prepare and do everything you can do to give yourself the best possible edge. But don't let anything hold you back from reaching for what you really want in life. And especially at a time of life as Wyatt's getting ready to leave the nest as September's moving on and thinking about what she wants to do next. So how do you encourage her? How do you 
encourage her to look for her own sources of encouragement. I have to say, as the mom of a teenager, I feel like encouragement is more important now than ever. I mean, we're used to encouraging them to do their little things, you know, when they're learning to walk and talk and things like that. But all of those outside influences when they're little, they're pretty benign. So yeah, there's encouraging going on, but it's, tell me about that picture you drew, or I like how gentle you are with the cat, or wow, you sure went fast on your bike. It just felt easier. That's because it is easier. (laughs) You don't have to think as hard. (laughs) Exactly. Little kids are so easy, people. But man, things really ramp up when those teenagers begin. The outside forces are a lot more involved. There's different groups. There are different vibes. There's different expectations. And in the middle of all of this are the kids. And they're just trying to figure out who they are and what they like, what they don't like, what they want, what they think. There's just so much figuring out going on. So it's more important than ever to be encouraging. But for September, at least, I have to be kind of less cheerleading and a little bit more restrained. As I've said, I'm sort of a more on your left than anything else. And when we say that, it means I'm right here. I've got your back. I encourage her to stay true to who she is. And I think she's doing a great job with that. There are a lot of people who want to tell you who they think you are or who they think you should be, and I'm encouraged to see that she's not listening to them. She's holding her own, quirks and all. If I want that to stay true, then I have to be honest in my encouragement because she can spot fake encouragement at a thousand paces. So it's no more, oh, I love that red splotch you drew on the green thingamabob. That is an awesome red splotch. She wants the critique. She wants to know the good and the bad. But yeah, that also encourages her to be discerning in her sources of encouragement, don't you think? I do. She asks my opinion about a lot of things that she's thinking about. And I don't take that lightly because I know that's not necessarily the case with all teens and their parents. I want to honor her trust with honest answers and encouragement. But there are a lot of voices out there that sound encouraging that are really just empty praise or empty sentiments. And all that empty is never going to fill you up and make you stronger. Ultimately, I think it really just ties into the whole empowerment idea. The whole idea is to encourage our kids, to empower them to be exactly who they are, and then send them forth. And, you know, if we've done our jobs correctly, the wisdom to do the necessary preparation and the courage to take some risks, to to take on hard things, I, I really think it'll just be there. And maybe like Branch Rickey said, they'll realize that luck really is the residue of design. So true. So true. So listeners, did we encourage you today? What ideas do you have that empower yourself or your kids or your homeschool? How do you find encouragement to keep moving on? If you want to share, please join us on Facebook and Instagram at our handle, OnlySchoolers. You could also email us at OnlySchoolers at gmail.com or you can find us, leave us a comment at our website, OnlySchoolers.com. Believe me, we are so encouraged every day by this Only Schoolers community. You guys are just awesome. Yes, and thank you so much for listening today. It has been a great way to celebrate our one-year podcast anniversary. And don't forget to enter our drawing on Facebook, Instagram, and the website. We will be back in a couple of weeks, and we'll be doing the letter F. So until then, farewell. (laughs) 